0: Coffee imports to Russia grind to a halt Russians love their tea, but they are also one of the largest importers of coffee in the world, behind the US, EU, and Japan. The initial challenges to importers came from shipping, with some merchant vessels intercepted as potentially in breach of sanctions. Importers had to navigate through rapidly changing sanctions, coming from both the EU, the US, and elsewhere. A number of traders attempted to redirect shipments that were originally bound for Russia or Ukraine to alternative ports. However, not all trades could be salvaged and as one Swiss-based trader put it, realistically these contracts will have to be voided, it's as simple as that. Cargo shipments to and from Russia have been temporarily suspended by MSC, Maersk and CMA CGM, which represent the biggest shipping companies in the world. Some Western companies were quick to pull out of the Russian market in order to avoid the stigma of supporting an aggressive regime. Ukraine President Zelensky has been effective in communicating what he thinks of those companies that continue to do business in Russia. As Zelensky put it, values are more valuable than profits on blood. Yet, some companies like Nestle were initially reluctant to leave, that is, until they were called out directly by President Zelensky. Good food, good life. This is the slogan of Nestle. Your company that refuses to leave Russia, Zelensky said during a speech to the people of Switzerland. Even now, when there are threats from Russia to other European countries. Not only to us. When there is even nuclear blackmail from Russia. Nestle has withdrawn a range of consumer products, including their Nespresso coffee, but continues to trade in more essential products such as baby milk formula and dog food. Europe's big consumer-facing companies have had a challenging time to plan a full-scale exit from the country. Nestle has thousands of employees and sensitive manufacturing facilities that risk seizure and recrimination by Russia if they fully disengage. Swiss luxury watch manufacturer Audemars Piguet discovered this last week and Russian agents seized millions of dollars worth of their most coveted watches in Moscow. The move was apparently a response to sanctions, according to Swiss newspaper NZZ M. Sontag. While most of the coffee imported to the country is robusta and turned into instant coffee, there are also the speciality coffee roasters who may have been trading directly. This group faces other challenges in addition to logistics. Even if a roaster can find a way to ship coffee into the country, the ruble depreciation by 30 percent has made the cost commercially prohibitive. Costa Coffee has committed to becoming net zero by 2040. Costa has set itself a target of becoming net zero by 2040, which includes the use of 100% renewable gas at its roastery and improving farming practices. The plan has been approved by the Science-Based Target Initiative. 2040 is 10 years earlier than the date set by scientists as the latest to prevent the worst impact of climate damage. It is the Scope 3 class of emissions that are the most challenging to reach a net-zero goal, because these emissions originate in your supply chain rather than directly from your own processes. According to Costa, only 5% of its current emissions come from Scope 1 or 2, in other words, from direct processes. That leaves a whopping 95% that must be dealt with in the Scope 3 classification. A lot of companies are in a similar position and it's going to be interesting to see the emerging strategies of dealing with Scope 3 emissions. The temptation, of course, will be to offset them with carbon credits, but I'm hoping for a more imaginative and practical way to address the problem. Sustainability Director, Deb Kaldow said, We know that reducing our emissions by half per coffee serving, and ultimately reaching net zero is going to take a lot of collective effort from all of us at Costa from our team members and partners to our suppliers and consumers.
1: Kenya's current lack of rainfall is causing some concern among coffee farmers, but that is something out of their control. However, the skyrocketing cost of fertilizer was supposed to be eased by generous subsidies announced in February. The government said it would create a 1 billion shillings, $8.7 million fund to subsidise 40% of the fertiliser cost to the farmer. In addition, farmers would be issued a special card to use when buying fertiliser. Yet, many say the prices are still unaffordable and ask the government to do more, to save the coffee industry and prevent an internal food crisis. The plan was to be implemented by the New Kenya Planters' Cooperative Union, New KPCU, but there were already problems with the funding, among claims of misappropriation. Farmers and their MPs are lashing out at the government for failing to provide the full subsidies, which they say, has been diverted under the guise of security to fund political campaigns. Komani Ichangwa, A Kikuyu MP revealed that a sum of money had been withdrawn from a government account to buy off politicians. He warned of consequences if they are found responsible. Ichangwa said those in government should know that they will be held accountable individually for the embezzlement of public funds diverted to political campaigns.
0: Shares of Singapore based Olam fell 6% on the news that it was postponing the planned IPO of Olam food ingredients. Which would have raised it up to £2 billion or $2.64 billion. It now does not anticipate its initial public offering to take place in the second quarter as previously expected, due to the current market conditions. These market conditions matter because the stock is typically underwritten by a bank that will sell the shares to its network of investors. If investors are staying out of the market, then the price might need to be adjusted to attract them, but this may not raise the amount of funds the business initially envisaged. The geopolitical situation is creating a lot of uncertainty under which investors will stay out of the market or flock to safe assets, like gold or, currently, commodities. This is clearly not positive but not unexpected given that Russia and Ukraine are among the largest global wheat producers, besides other products, said Justin Tang, head of Asian research at investment advisory firm United First Partners. The delay will not be welcome to the London Stock Exchange which has been losing market share to other stock exchanges globally. This IPO would have been the largest share issue in several years. We remain committed to pursuing a public listing of the business, OFI said, adding that the timing was subject to market conditions.
2: Starbucks' home city of Seattle recently voted to unionize employees at the same time Howard Schultz. The founder of the company's success and iconic status was reappointed CEO after Kevin Johnson left abruptly. During a vote at the National Labor Relations Board, Starbucks employees voted unanimously to unionize in the city where the company is headquartered. The workers at the store voted unanimously 9-0 in favor of unionizing, joining a nationwide wave of stores that have organized under the Workers' United program. As the unionization movement gains momentum, Schultz will need to come up with a new strategy if he wants to change the views of the workforce. The Wall Street Journal reported that one of his goals is establishing a new tone with the roughly 230,000 workers staffing its U.S. cafes. However, a change in culture takes time, which I don't think Schultz has. If he wants to stem further union adoption, he will need to present workers with more tangible reasons not to unionize. There are now seven unionized stores, which is a small percentage in relation to the total, but the media coverage has been extensive and the rest of the branches have no doubt been following the events closely. The company's initial tactics were borderline unethical and will no doubt have been counterproductive to their cause, but it's not too late for the company to pivot if they can find the right strategy and communicate it. Very little has been said about how employees perceive Schultz himself. However, when the Buffalo store was debating forming a union, he was criticized for lecturing employees in a patronizing manner when he visited. There is no question that Howard Schultz is a visionary leader and businessman, but is he still in touch with the workforce that the company depends on, and is he, therefore, the right person to formulate a strategy that will win them over?